operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Back and better than ever, the Comic Revolution Podcast. As always, I am Rock by my side. The Burt Reynolds to my Lonnie Anderson, Steven. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that might be the best one yet. <laughs> yes. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing well, and how are you? I am still on the high from Dan Didio's firing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As always, you can check us out at the comic, it's just comicbookrevolution.com. You can check us out Facebook page, Comic Book Revolution. You can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution, Stephen. And you can find me on Twitter at, at President Glover. Excellent, my friend. <laughs> this week, Stephen, we have an interesting selection of comics I picked for you. I know you were really excited about some of them. Oh, yeah. Really excited. From Marvel. Mm-hmm. Can't resist the number one issue, Stephen. Wolverine number one. Mm-hmm. Stephen, we haven't had a Wolverine comic, a real Wolverine comic, since like 2016. Been yep. a long time, hasn't it? That's right. Incredible. Also from Marvel, we have the amazing Mary Jane number five. I figured after reviewing Gwen Stacy number one, Stephen, we had to check out Spider-Man's other boo. Of course. Just to be fair. Sure. And then Atlantis Attacks number two. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and from DC, Stephen, mm-hmm. my beloved Legion of Superheroes number four, sad face, Justice League number 41, mm-hmm. and wrapping it up with Batman number 89. Right. All right, my friend. Let's start over at the House of the Mouse, shall we? Sure. Let's just kick it straight off with the big issue Wolverine number one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get much bigger than that, does it? Well, it's, it literally. <laughs> <laughs> it is a beefy issue, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like 60-some pages. Mm-hmm. It was also like $9, Stephen. Yes. It doesn't come cheap. No. <laughs> uh, this issue, the words Benjamin Percy. Now, it's two separate stories, Stephen. The first one, the art, is Adam Kubert. Mm-hmm. Colors by Frank Martin. Right. Okay, then the second story is also written by Benjamin Percy, mm-hmm. but the artwork is done by Victor Bogdanovic, mm-hmm. and the colors by Matthew Wilson. All right, Stephen, in this issue, we begin with Wolverine recovering from a nasty battle in the, it looks like he's in Alaska somewhere, we don't know where, but he's all beaten up, and you see his flesh and bones, he's been through a ringer, it looks like. Right. And he sees uh, Jean Grey, uh, Kid Omega, and Domino dead, and he's the one who killed them. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Yeah. He's, he, he, it, you get a little, you get like the rehash, because, you know, new readers, he talks about all my different names, James, Logan, Patch, Weapon X, mm-hmm. all places he's lived, Madripoor, Canada, New York, Japan, and uh, how he's killed lots of people, and he's been, you know, blown up, destroyed, mutilated, but this is the worst he's ever felt in his life because he's killed his friends. Right. Okay. He then sees a set of footprints leaving from the scene, and he pops his claws and follows. 
Okay. We then cut to five days ago, Stephen, on Krakoa. Wolverine's playing hide-and-seek. Jean Grey approaches him and says, hey, Kitty's looking for you down by the harbor. You best go. He goes. Kitty's there and says, look, I got your crappy liquor for you. Mm-hmm. Come get it. I got to leave soon. But before I leave, let's have a drink together. And we get the most boring double-page splash shot ever. I mean, this artist, poor Adam Kubert, didn't have much to work with. It's like, yeah. double page, I'm going to give you a double-page splash shot. But it's going to be of one, two, three, four, five... 15 tiny little panels of talking heads. Yeah. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thanks, Percy. And um, anyhow, the two of them just drink alcohol and talk about how Wolverine's happy now on Krakoa and protecting the mutants, and mm-hmm. he's not comfortable being happy. Okay, sure. that's really the long and short of it. The, mm-hmm. the only good thing about this, Stephen, is Benjamin Percy, smart enough to have Wolverine call Kitty, Kitty. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wolverine's no dummy. And so Wolverine's like, yeah, yeah, nice having a drink with you and talking about me and all our, our emotions or whatever, but what do you need? What do you, something's up. What do you need from me? Right. And come to find out, Hellfire Club has found out that someone's stealing the little Krakoa flowers that they farm on Mars and on um, the Savage, the Savage Land. Land. Yeah. And they're stealing them and they're using them for some nefarious purpose. Oh, dear. Of course. We then cut to the dude from The Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no, Agent Bannister. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But he looks <laughs> like the dude from The Big Lebowski, does yeah, he not? Yeah, and what is that thing on his head? Like, it's he's got, like, it looks like an ear or whatever, but it might be a, I don't know. It, I, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure what's going on there. Maybe a wound? Yes. I don't know, because he also has a, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's weird. Anyhow, uh, they don't tell you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so they're investigating a, a a bunch of drug, I don't know, drug dealers who are making drugs, and they all killed themselves. Yeah. And Agent Bannister looks at the drug they're making and goes, hmm, it smells floral like gardens and grandmas. It's pollen. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Then we get a one-page informational thing on the order of the X. Essentially, there are crazy, stupid humans out there. <laughs> who are part of this cult that is not organized. It's got no definitive leader or practice or text, but they uh, worship mutants and they worship, they always gather around Krakoa and gateways, mm-hmm. worshiping and waiting for a mutant to appear. And they do appear. They all go into like, you know, hysterics and right. pinfalls like snake drummers. <laughs> and uh, sometimes a few of them uh, will, you know, disrobe, get naked and want to have sex with the mutants. Mm-hmm. So they can have a child with the next gene. And right. sometimes some of them are crazy enough to try to eat the mutants. To become okay. heavenly. Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, Stephen, if this was to be happen in real life, mm-hmm. I could see people actually doing this. Yeah. There sure. are people out there who would totally do something like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Then we cut to four days ago on Krakoa, and we have Sage helping Wolverine track down where the petals are being stolen from, right? Evidently, she's tracked some down, a high source of, of pollen, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what they're looking for is the pollen. Right. Where, where, do you, where do you find a high source of them? She found a high source of them in Russia. Of course, always right. Russia. Always the Russia, Stephen. <laughs> Why? So we go back to Russia. Yes. Gateway takes Jean Grey, Kid Omega, Domino, Wolverine, whoop, to Russia. Mm-hmm. There are no, no Krakoan gateways in Russia. Right. Or, yeah, I don't think there are any, are there? Yeah, there aren't any. Yeah. So we cut back to Baltimore where the dude... <laughs> is uh, visiting his daughter, and she has cancer, I think, is what it is. Yeah, and she's on like a waiting list for some of the magical antibody uh, Krakoan petals. Mm-hmm. 
to cure her, but um, uh, he's, he tells her how, you know, there's some guys, some bad guys are out there stealing them and using them for bad stuff, and that makes him angry. Mm. Mm. Then we get a one-page um, on the different types of blood in the mm. Marvel Universe, Stephen. Right. Like our world, they have A, B, A, B, and O. Right. And they have positive and negative. Mm-hmm. But in the Marvel Universe, Stephen, they also have E. Mm-hmm. E stands for endless. And that's the kind of blood that Wolverine has mm-hmm. and vampires have. Right. And they're very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. The only difference is Wolverine's blood uh, begins to lose its power mm-hmm. as after it leaves his body. Right. Whereas vampire blood remains all virulent and bad for you. Right. Even after it leaves their body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, oh, and uh, Wolverine's blood does not deteriorate when exposed to ultraviolet light. Unlike a vampire's blood. Of course. That's the, 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 <laughs> otherwise, very similar. That's yeah. an interesting tweak. Mm-hmm. Something new. I think Percy does a good job continuing to do what Hickman does, which is to build out this, this setting for the X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. And it does a nice job, I think, the informational pages in here with the power, with the, the cult of X, you know, people, and with the pretty big twist to Wolverine's character. I mean, this mm-hmm. whole new blood type that he has and kind of aligning it with vampires, these are, that's a pretty big thing. Yep. I think he's doing a good job fleshing out the universe in line with what Hickman wants. Of course. And I like yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. like that. And I think you've seen a lot of these X-Men titles. They're really... the. Despite our criticism of certain titles, like you know the Marauders or Excalibur or Fallen Angels, I think with all the titles have done that is good is really make this an immersive setting. Right. I think the world of the X Men under Hickman's two, uh, you know guiding hand mm-hmm. really is just fascinating and complex and really really fleshed out well. I like that part about it, you know? That's the one consistent thing. Yes. (laughs) Anyhow, we then cut to Russia. Three days ago in Russia, our heroes, whoop, teleport onto the scene, thanks to Gateway, Mm -hmm. and they see, oh, no, it's an order to the X meeting. This isn't good. Right. Then they start going, oh, mutants, and they all pop this little drug that looks like the pollen drug from earlier. Right. That uh, Agent Bannister found. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, we do learn that this drug is called pollen. Boom. There you go. All right. So anyhow, and they all take it, and they all go into a frenzy, right? Mm-hmm. And Kid Omega, they're all cheering for the mutants. So Kid Omega jumps in the crowd, and he kind of crowd surfs. And he's loving. He's like, oh, they love me. They love me. Until they don't love you. Yeah. And they all start grabbing him mm-hmm. and getting ready to try to eat him. Yeah. Turns and, from a pop concert into a, uh, a hard rock concert. Yes. Very quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. And so he's like, oh, help. And so uh, the team decides, okay, let's, uh, let's stop the bad guys. So they try to stop the uh, the cultists without seriously hindering them, mm-hmm. and suddenly all the cultists begin to erupt in fire and burn and die. That's the drug. Evidently, the drug uh, is not good for human bodies. Right. Okay. We then cut to one day ago in Moscow, Wolverine's meeting with the Russian mobster who is selling the pollen, mm-hmm. and the Russian mobster tells him that he was approached by a the flower cartel. The leader of the flower cartel is the pale girl. Mm-hmm. She is has some type of telekinetic, telepathic powers mm-hmm. that she's able to get in their minds. Yeah. And that's why they always have a a telepathic, a psionic dampener with them now to mm-hmm. protect themselves from her. And we learned that uh, you know, she gave them the the uh, petals to make the drugs and distribute them. Right. But it was an 80-20 split. He didn't like that, so they tried to steal some petals and make their own. 
She didn't like that. The pill girl didn't like that. Burned out his eye and said, you work for me or nobody else. Right. Our cartel owns everything. Mm-hmm. You push our drugs, period. Okay. We then go to back to Krakoa, and the Beast is helping Wolverine with some more information on the drug, right? The pollen. And evidently, it's the new popular hot drug, and it's spreading all over the world. Right. Okay. And then we cut to uh, CIA headquarters where Agent Bannister is also discussing with his CIA people about pollen Mm -hmm. and how it's the new hot drug. Right. And it's (laughs) going across the world. It's spreading. (laughs) That's right. And the the flower cartel has basically edged out all the competition for pollen. Right. Right. And that the best way to find out more about them is to pose as buyers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they've arranged a a meeting with them in Alaska. Mm Mm-hmm. We then cut back to now in Alaska. Wolverine's following the footsteps from earlier in the issue. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we see the pale girl. And she looks all like, ooh, billowy. Yeah. He goes to attack her. And then she fades away into nothing. And we see Agent Bannister and the CIA guys appearing on the scene. And they're like, what's going on? What are you doing here? Who are? Who the hell are you? Yeah. And Wolverine goes, I've been wondering the same thing. End of story, mm-hmm. Stephen. You are a CIA agent. Yeah. Wolverine, I I would submit to you, Stephen, mm-hmm. is the most widely known X-Man mm-hmm. there is in the realm of government agencies mm-hmm. and outside. Right. It is... There, no way. I know, ex- I know. No way an experienced CIA doesn't go, it's Wolverine! Yeah. Really? I know. It, it just ends the issue on such a... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's like, it's like you, you just didn't stick the landing at all. Yeah. Anyhow, what did you think of the first story? Um, I... Okay, I like, I like Benjamin Percy as a writer. Yeah, he's pretty good. I think he's very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've noticed with him, and this is across... Um, this happened with X-Force... This happened with some of the Bond, James Bond stories yep. that he wrote. Yep. Is I always find the first issue a little slow. <laughs> slow and boring. And kind of boring. Yeah. It's very deck setting. Yes. Yes. There's like, a lot of deck. There's definitely a lot of deck setting for sure. Agreed. And it's like you feel the movements mm-hmm. of the pieces mm-hmm. that he's trying to do. Yes. Agreed. So. So reading it all like that, like issue to issue instead uh-huh. of like in like in trades, like I've read his Bond stuff in trades, right? And it so works. it all flows a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a little like okay, I just kind of yeah, moving move, along, moving along. Like, okay, that's interesting, and then right, all right, okay. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's kind of cool. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, I'm. Interesting to see where it goes yes. because he, as everything I've read, he always pulls it out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, so that's what that was for. Yes. But as far as just a starter story, right. the first issue is uh-huh. kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see where this goes. Right, right. Yeah. I The open, the first story, I didn't like, I didn't sure. hate. I didn't sure. hate, don't get me wrong, I didn't hate it. Yeah. It's not bad. Percy, <laughs> from a technical standpoint, he does a fine, he does everything you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He does. Introduce your plot line, introduce mm-hmm. your main conflict, introduce your main villain, introduce your supporting cast, and introduce your hero and go. Right. He, he, I mean, technically, yeah, he oh, gets sure. high marks. Mm-hmm. My problem with it is the whole pollen storyline just feels like a generic police 
procedural. Yeah, that's fair. You yeah. know, like, okay, yep, mm-hmm. I've seen this a billion times before. It's like, <laughs> okay, here we are. CIS, let's go. And then, <sighs> um, and then, <laughs> CIS, Krakoa. And then, uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh, God. And, and so, and I felt it to be a little slow and a little boring. Sure. And like, it's a Wolverine comic. Where's the action? <laughs> oh my God. This is like 23 pages, Stephen, and I got like one page action. I mean, not any of that. It's more like 31 pages. That was more like 31 pages with one page of action. I was like, come on, it's get, get with the stabbing. Remember when Jason Aaron, remember when he was writing Wolverine? What was this? What was, was this snickety snick? Here comes the stabbing. <laughs> That's what I want when I get a Wolverine. That's what most people want when they, when they pick up a Wolverine comic. They want snickety snick. Here comes the stabbing. Here Let's comes go. The stabbing. Let's go already. And it's just one page of action. A Wolverine comic is like, <laughs> so just that was my complaint. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. The art was okay. Honestly, it wasn't Adam Kubert's best art. In my opinion, I thought Kubert's done better. Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know. It's just like, it looks like it had something, but then somebody took like a really like bad filter over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know? it does. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't like it. No, yeah, I, I was like I, it. Yeah, and, and I've liked Kubert's art in the past. Oh, of course. A lot. But he's, a, he's, he's a big name yeah. for a reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But this, I, this wasn't. This wasn't his good stuff. No. At all. I would say no. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not terrible. No, 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 no. Like, it's not that uh, great. It's just meh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The <laughs> second story, Stephen. Sure. Begins on Krakoa and Wolverine's run around. And basically, it's a two page uh, recap of uh, Hickman's idea for Krakoa. Right. And which, Wolverine's role. In and it. Wolverine's role, in it, which I'm fine. Yes, we've been reading Hickman's X Men since Powers of X and House of X. Sure. And this two pages, like, for me, is like, blah, 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 whatever. Moving yeah. on, moving on. Boring. I know all this. Mm-hmm. But if you're a new reader who's just getting this because of Wolverine and has not read Hickman's X Men, first of all, who are you and what yeah. is wrong with you? But anyhow. Man, it sold pretty well. <laughs> who, what, what are you doing? I know, right? <laughs> but if you were one of those people, then. Okay, it's new re- makes it new reader friendly. Mm-hmm. So I give it a pass, even though guys like you and I are kind of like, okay, moving sure. on. <laughs> then Omega Red appears through a Cocoa and Gateway, mm-hmm. and Wolverine wants to do snickety snick, get with the stab yeah. with him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Magneto appears in the scene and whoop, stops Wolverine in midair yep. and goes, down, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and Magneto's like, everyone's welcome here. It's uh, Mutant Paradise. And Wolverine's like, he's a killer and a psycho. And uh, <laughs> Magneto's like, Get to you know what you can go through the gateway and tell me what's going what happened to uh yeah. Omega Red and also and also because Omega the, Red's super beat up yeah it looks like he's been through a fight yeah and he and I, I love the Magneto's line it's like yeah people can say the same of us yeah yeah Psycho yeah people have called us that yeah. before <laughs> so he tosses Wolverine through the gateway and he ends up in Paris and there's Oops. a car that's yeah. damaged. and in the trunk are a bunch of corpses mm-hmm. oh but one of them's still alive and then it. Pops up out of the trunk and goes, you're like him, and then dies. Yeah. And Wolverine's like, I'm nothing like him. And that's the main theme of the story is that he's nothing like Omega Red. Right. When in reality, they are similar. And that's the main theme of the story. Mm -hmm. So we then (laughs) cut back to the prison grotto where uh, Dr. Reyes is giving medical care to Omega Red. And that's when Magneto and Wolverine engage in their philosophical debate about whether it's a psycho and a killer like him belongs on Krakoa, with Magneto pointing out the obvious that he and Wolverine both could easily be classified as killers and psychos. So he said, and Magneto says, look, we got the resurrection program, so 
if Omega Red kills anyone, we can immediately resurrect him, and then he'll pay the price. Okay, that's one way to look at it. Right. <laughs> so Wolverine goes and talks to Omega Red, and Omega Red says, look, man, I didn't kill those people. You know, I'm not a bad guy, and, uh, you know, you need to go back to Paris, in particular to the king's Obaletta for more information on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we go back to Paris, and we see Wolverine on the street corner outside this bar that he's supposed to go to, and this woman bumps into him with some flowers, and he's like, get out of my face, lady. And she, uh, they talk a little bit. She tells him, don't go in that club. Dangerous. And he's like, well, that's what I do. He right. walks into the club. Gets a, uh, uh, this club serves absinthe. That's the big thing, Stephen. Mm-hmm. So he has an absinthe, and then suddenly he notices everybody there has red eyes, and they're all circling around his table. Mm-hmm. And then he passes out. Right. His absinthe with a drug. But because he's got a healing factor, burns through the poison and like, boom, no time flat, but <laughs> enough time for them to tie him up. Right. So they put a, uh, they put a tap into his neck, yeah. a spigot. Mm-hmm. To pour his blood out so he can drink it. <laughs> and we realized everyone there was a vampire. Vampires, yeah. Well, Wolverine pops his claws, breaks free from the ropes, and gets to the stabity stabity. Yes. Kills a few vampires. And before he can cut himself down, the woman who was selling flowers earlier appears, and she's got this big, giant, ultraviolet gun. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Blasts a couple of vampires with it, and the vampires scatter. Yes. And then she uh, helps, uh, she tells Wolverine that she, uh, she's, uh, Used, she hit him with the flowers because those flowers, dog roses, are like garlic mm-hmm. to the vampires. Yeah, they hit him. Vampire, She's trying yeah. to make sure he wasn't a vampire. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine, she heads off to chase out the vampires, leaves Wolverine there. We cut back to Krakoa. We see Omega Red talking to Wolverine about how they're vampires and that the vampires were behind everything. And Omega Red's like, I'm different. Um, you know, it's those people in the trunk were vampires. There were mm-hmm. humans who had been bit by vampires and were in the catacombs. Just dating, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> Something like that. Sure. And while you're seeing the scene with Wolverine and Omega Red, you're seeing another scene with a forensic scientist at the morgue mm-hmm. cutting on a body who suddenly t- becomes a vampire mm-hmm. and attacks the Forensic scientist. Yeah. Okay. All right. So (laughs) Omega Red basically tells Wolverine he's got to go back and deal with the vampires. Right. Okay. So Wolverine goes back to Paris again. Mm -hmm. Keep going back to Paris in this issue, Stephen. Yes. And he meets up with the woman who's trying to sell him the flower. And we find out her name is Louise. Mm -hmm. And she is from a group called the Night Guard who are divided to fighting the vampire nation. Mm Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> she shows him her arsenal of weapons to fight vampires. And he's like, I already got mine. Snicked. Yep. All right. Good enough. <laughs> they go into the catacombs, searching for the vampires. And then they fall through a trap door. And Wolverine positions himself underneath Louise. So he gets stabbed by the spikes at the bottom of the trap door floor. And she doesn't. Right. And then the vampires show up and attack him. And she starts battling him off. And Wolverine starts fighting him. And then Wolverine sees that, oh, god dang it, the vampires have captured Louise! Oh, jeez, oh, Louise. Damn it, Louise. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> yes. She's such a liability, Stephen. I know. And then they're like, she gets it. 
unless you give us what we want, mm-hmm. your blood. So they all hop on top of Wolverine and mm-hmm. suck away, and then whoof, they all fly off. Mm-hmm. And Louise checks on him, and he's like, what the hell? What was that all about? Yeah. And he's like, first of all, don't worry about me. I won't become a vampire. My healing factor kills the enzyme. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, what is going on? Right? And Louise is like, I don't understand <laughs> what just happened. Why they t- <laughs> sucked all your blood and then left all of a sudden. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. So, okay. We then see Dracula. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know it's Dracula. Well, we do know it's Dracula. Yeah, it's Dracula. It's <laughs> and he's in a big throne being infused all of Wolverine's blood that his vampires sucked out of him and are now giving to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And Louise is telling Wolverine, the mutants have united, but so have the vampires. And the mutant nation might seem invincible, but the vampire nation is going stronger. And the mutants have Charles Xavier, but the vampires have Vlad. Vlad. Dracula. <laughs> and then we cut to... Omega Red going through a Kokoan gateway and meeting with none other than Dracula himself. Mm-hmm. It is during the daytime, though, Stephen. Yeah. Oh, so Wolverine's blood has now enabled Dracula to roll around during the sunlight. So now Dracula's gotten a power upgrade. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. And Dracula gives Omega Red the carbonadium synthesizer for people who know Omega Red. He has to feed on people like a vampire mm-hmm. and suck their energy out. In order to stay alive. Right. He wouldn't have to do that if he had the carbonadium synthesizer. Right. Wolverine stole that. It would never give it to him. Mm-hmm. So all of Omega Red's deaths have been blamed on Wolverine right. by Omega Red in this issue. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine probably feeling a little guilty about that. And with good point. Sure. Fair point. So Dracula has given it to Omega Red so he won't have to kill to live. Mm-hmm. Omega Red takes it. And then Dracula goes, oh, by the way, though, there's a detonator inside of that. So if you cross me... I kill you, mm-hmm. and all I want from you is to join the mutants, but work for, for me. me. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. End of the issue. Steven, what did you think of the second story? Um, I thought it was I thought it was more interesting um, than the first one. I think that it moved a little bit faster, which helped. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know it's basic because it's just basic, um, you know, oh, hey, here's Wolverine in case you don't know who he is. But, um, I like the, the scenes with him and Omega Red and Magneto. I Mm -hmm. thought they, they worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would kind of laugh. Magneto just, just, oh, here you go. Just tossing him through the gate. Yep. (laughs) I thought that was funny. But, um. And I like the choice of the vampires as another villain yes. set yes. for the X-Men. We have numerous villains, yes. external threats. Mm-hmm. You got Zeno. Um, the Orchid. Orchid. Orchid, yeah. The countries like Russia who haven't signed a treaty with Krakoa. Mm-hmm. And now the Vampire Nation. Mm-hmm. We keep adding another villain. We keep adding more and more external threats. I mean, you already have... Uh, Mystique as the internal threat. Right. But we keep adding layers and layers of villains for them to fight more mm-hmm. and more external threats, which is great. Yes. Love it, it. Love it. Agreed. Agreed. I like this story a lot more than the first one. Yeah. I found this one much more entertaining. <laughs> a lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. Not lots of action, but enough. Yeah. But enough. 
and I thought the whole vampire nation was concept is really cool villain. I like the connection that Percy's able to create between the vampires, Omega Red, and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That he's able to put these three together mm-hmm. and connect them so it makes sense to have the vampire nation in the story. Right. Which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and it's, it's just, that's, I just think that's good world building and I think that's creative writing. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. Um, and I like Dracula. I think he's yeah. cool, you know, <laughs> and Dracula has a pretty long history with the X-Men as well, mm-hmm. which I, I really like, again, I, it's Percy showing that he's got some, he's got some research chops mm-hmm. and he understands the connection between Dracula and the X-Men. Dracula goes all the way back to 1982 and X-Men number 159 when Dracula tried to take Storm as his bride mm-hmm. and then he had Dracula <laughs> versus X-Men or Dracula, no, Apocalypse versus Dracula. Right. That was an X-Men story. Um, Curse of the Mutant was another one. So there's a history. But I like how he weaved Wolverine and Omega <laughs> Red into the vampires to right. con- make a connection to the vampires and those two guys. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's cool. And plus it brings yet another corner of the Marvel Universe yep. into Hickman's uh, X-Men. X-Men. Yeah. Again, you got the space cosmic characters. Mm-hmm. You got standard you know, six one six characters. You got supernatural characters. Mutant. Mm. It just makes it make it makes the scale and scope of the story bigger. That's right. Which is fun. So I, I like the second one a lot more. Yeah, me too. A lot more. Um, I'm really excited to see where they go with this. Me too. Yeah, especially with because um, Omega Red is kind of the first one to. Um, he's the first person that they've let in who seems to be. Well, except for Mystique, but she was kind of she's she's higher up than that. Yes, yes. Um, to he'll probably be a problem. Yes, yeah. I, I think that the uh, Percy does a good job making Omega Red sympathetic, though, don't you? Yeah, I think so too. I think he's pretty sympathetic. Look, he he's he's going to betraying the mutant. He's going to be betraying the mutants, but only because Dracula has him over the barrel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of sympathize. Like, yeah, he doesn't want Omega Red doesn't want to have to kill people to survive. Mm-hmm. So taking the carbonadium synthesizer from Dracula is the only way to stop to prevent him having to kill people to survive. But in doing so, he's not got to betray the mutants. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if you, if something could prevent you from being a murderer, you'd probably choose that path. Even if it meant you had to betray somebody. Yeah. Right. I would say so. And you know, the way that Omega red says, tells Wolverine that he kept the carbon and synthesizer from, from all these years and forced Omega red to kill these people to survive shifts a lot of blame to Wolverine. Yeah. Again, making Omega Red seem a little bit more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying he's the good guy, but I oh, think yeah. Percy's really did a great job making the reader truly sympathetic to Omega Red. Mm-hmm. So he's not just a standard issue bad guy. Right. You really feel for him in the tough position that he's in. Mm-hmm. Makes it a lot more fun. Very Hickman-esque. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like that. So there's a lot of depth. Percy's a very good writer. It's a lot of depth mm-hmm. and nuance to the story. And it's shades of gray right. with everybody. Yeah, and I like that... Um I, I like kind of that, even though he's still ultimately loyal. That there's there's still this friction between Wolverine and the and the higher ups, I guess, because he he thinks Omega Red is a threat. He yep. also thought when Apocalypse came through that he was a threat. And like, no, no, no. It's like, well, what do you what do you hire me to do? Right. You know, what am I doing here? Right. And so I kind of like that. It's a little little seed in there of mm-hmm. you know he's a little uncomfortable with yep. all these 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 villains around. Yeah. I mean. Percy's installed a lot of plot lines in one issue, Stephen. Mm. I don't know. I understand it's a big issue. I got that. Oh, of course. But yeah. He's done a lot. It's it's good writing. It's technically well done. Mm. Lots of good world building. Great plotting. I think he's really 
created a strong foundation for what should be a good story going forward. Mm-hmm. I may not be crazy about this issue. I certainly don't like the $8 price tag <laughs> yeah. at all. <laughs> but I think going forward, sure. this title, when it gets back to a normal price mm-hmm. and he gets the story moving a little faster, sure. should be a good one. Yeah, I think so. How would you grade out Wolverine 1? Um, overall, I will give, I guess putting them both together, I'll give the writing a, give the writing a six mm-hmm. and I'll give the art. I didn't really, I didn't really care for the art in the second. I didn't like either. it either. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll give it a four. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do uh, straight sixes. Okay. I'll give six night girls at him for the writing, six night girls at him for the artwork. Okay. Um, I do think, though, this title is going to get better as we progress. I think so. Too. I really do think so. Yeah. So yeah, don't, the, the, don't the let this scare you off. The elements are all there. Agreed. Agreed. So. All right. Next one, Stephen. Atlantis Attacks number two. Of course. Words, Greg Pak. Mm-hmm. Art, Ario, and Indito, and Robert Gill. Colors, Rochelle Rosenberg and Stephen in this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> We've got the OG Agents of Atlas mm-hmm. meeting up with the New Age ones. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Woo's uh, given he run he's ran the new ones, right? He's run the old ones. He's been the leader of both, and he basically is barking out commands to both teams. He's kind of taking in control of everything, saying, "All right, we're gonna this is how we're gonna handle uh, the situation here with Namor threatening to attack us if we don't give him his dragon back within 24 hours." Right. Right. So he breaks the team up into various teams, right, to go do certain things to try to uh, figure out a way to maybe power Pan off of M11, mm-hmm. the killer robot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, instead of having to use the dragon and then giving the dragon back to Namor. That's the plan. Right. Okay. So, uh, it's funny. I forgot that uh, name, uh, Namora mm-hmm. knew uh, that she knew um, Amadeus, Cho. Amadeus Cho back mm-hmm. during World War Hulk. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. <laughs> It's a good callback by yeah. Pack. Well, he wrote it, so he should know. <laughs> of but, course. But that was, I, I for, totally forgot. And that's back when, and they made reference to the fact, remember he used to have a little wolf cub? Mm-hmm. Amadeus Cho used to always kill a little wolf cub and like a little baby Bjorn yep. around his neck. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh man, that takes me back when Amadeus Cho was a great character. Yeah. He was such a good character. <laughs> they have really just ruined such an awesome character. Amadeus Cho was great. Yeah. He was so good, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So, unique too. Yeah. Like, legit unique, not a derivative character like he is now. He was really a cool character. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> Anyhow, see, change isn't always good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, our team breaks up, gets to going to it. We cut back to Namor, uh, chilling with his people, and we see that Namora and uh, uh, Arrow mm-hmm. have been sent to reach out to uh, our hot-headed Atlantean to see right. if we can broker a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, anyhow, Arrow is super popular in Atlanta, Stephen, because she defeated the Serenas, mm-hmm. right? And right. so all of Atlantis is like, woo, woo, you're the best. We love you, Arrow. <laughs> anyhow, we cut back to Pan, and we see they're quickly working Marvel Boy and uh, 3D Man and Amadeus Cho quickly working to try to convert the power source from the dragon over to M11. Mm-hmm. They're doing it, bup, 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 and guess what? It works. Yep. And then Amadeus Cho frees the dragon. The dragon's like, I'm out. Boom. Kind of like Mushu. Yeah. And he's <laughs> heading out. And we see the dragon 
plop into the water and heading his way to Atlantis. And all the people in Atlantis see him. They're like, oh, it's the dragon. Yeah, he's back. Oh, crap. The dragon attacks Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, no. And let me tell you who's not happy. Namor. Yeah. And the first thing he says is Cho. And then you cut back to Amadeus Cho, back in Pan, stand there, and out of nowhere, boom, comes Namor like a bullet, just (laughs) pounds Cho into the ground, Mm -hmm. and then rockets off to the tower where the dragon was being kept. Steven, this issue is not that good, but this (laughs) page was like, if you're a Namor fan, Mm -hmm. yeah, this page was, this is Namor being awesome. Yep. Just kicking. <laughs> People, Namor should always. Be, I think writers sometimes forget this. Namor is arguably one of the most powerful characters in the six one six universe. Mm-hmm. He should always be written as such. Yes, he's not just Aquaman. This dude is supposed <laughs> to be one of the most powerful beings mm-hmm. on Earth. Yeah, Pat gets that. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. We find out that the dragon, uh, Cho finds out the dragon attacked Atlantis, and oh no, and, and evidently they think that someone must have tampered with the dragon, mm-hmm. planted something in the dragon to make him attack Atlantis to try to set up a war between Pan and Atlantis, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So uh, Cho goes to stop Namor from his rampage, and Namor uh, and Cho kind of they struggle a little bit, and then Cho bounces off and takes him into the water. Which is a dumb idea. Why would you want to take Namor to the water? Yeah. Why? You wouldn't want to do that. Anyhow, we then see the Serena's coming out of the water. Oh, boy. And we learn that uh, Gwen has reached out. He's the head of Pan. Mm-hmm. Has reached out to Serena's to be our their friends and allies in this war against Namor. Oh, mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Such turns. Such turns, Stephen. Yeah. Oh no! So anyhow, Atlantis <laughs> attacks number two. What you think? Um, well, I don't dislike it. <laughs> I think it's better than the first issue. <laughs> okay. Um, I th- the critical problem here is that there's just too many characters. <laughs> Way too many characters. There are too many characters. Way too many. Um, you d- they don't. <sighs> they don't all. I don't even think 3D man talks. No, maybe, uh, maybe one, one sentence. Time. Yeah. Um, you don't really get a sense. I think it is better with the original Agents of Atlas in terms of okay, this is kind of what they sound like. Oh yeah, yeah. they have more um, personality because they're better characters. Well, yeah. <laughs> and um, but for the other ones, I'm still like, I still don't know who you are. No, they're just generic. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, so Amadeus is, Amadeus doesn't trust Jimmy Woo, okay, but where is his, you know, the big, but, I mean, where's, I don't know, I miss the, you know, the, where he, like, mapped out all the equations and stuff in his head. With the I used to love when he used to do that. that so cool. I know. Um, even when he got, even when Jimmy Woo had the, the genius's work, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, that's not really the complaint. It's right. like, it's just... He's he's making the hard he's making the hard choice as a leader not to trust a shady person yes. in Jimmy Woo. It's like yes. really that's the that's not a hard choice. Hard choice, right? Okay, um, so you have stuff like that. I still don't. I, what does Silk do? I don't. What know. are her powers? Is she like a spider? 
I guess. But then she said something about calming them down. I was like, does she have Spider Woman powers too? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I don't know anything about these 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 new agents of Atlas. There's nothing in here to tell you anything about them. Yeah, like the sword guy. I guess he's sword, sword master. master. He isn't. Is he Asian? Mm-hmm. He looks kind of like a white guy. I don't know who he. I don't know what. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> Pac's not telling you. Yeah, because again, there's just too many characters. Yeah, there's too many characters, and um, none of them are getting any character work. Yes, because there's just not enough time, and that's the problem when you have all these, mm, all these characters. You pick, you pick a couple, and you st- and you stick with them. Right. Now, of course, it would be great if we knew who the other characters were. So yeah. even then, it could be like, oh hey, it's for, like when for, um, oh I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say for new readers. This must be so confusing. Yeah, if well, you've never, I don't know who these people if are. you've <laughs> never read Agents of Atlas, mm-hmm. you're lost. Yeah, this is not new reader friendly. No, you don't. You can't recognize the characters. You don't know their names. You don't know the powers. You don't know their personalities. You don't know the role they play on the team. You don't know anything. No. it's very confusing. It is super. You don't know who is who and what's going on. It is not new reader friendly. And I would think, with a title starting at issue number one, you'd want to try to make it so people would want to hop on this title. Yeah. Right? As many people mm-hmm. as possible. That's the name of the game. Yeah. And I would. It, it doesn't even have like a team, like, oh, a team lineup. No. On, on the front page. No. On the recap page. No. Like, seriously? It's, it, <laughs> it's, and, and the character, it, it doesn't help that the characters themselves are as bland and as generic <laughs> as humanly possible. Yeah. Everybody has the same dialogue. Mm-hmm. It is, there is zero character work at all. Yes. It is just a big bowl of tapioca pudding for mm-hmm. your pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just makes it so boring. Yeah. And it doesn't help that it's a ton, Stephen, it is a ton of standing around and talking about nothing at all. <laughs> Certainly nothing interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have a lot of standing around and talking if you have great character work and good dialogue. Right. This doesn't have that. No. So you have a lot of standing around and talking with a bunch of generic character work. You only get like, what, two pages of action at the very end. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. It's just boring. Yeah. Um, and the story itself seems super shallow. Like, did Peck just come up with this idea in like two seconds and then start writing? It doesn't seem much... There, there's no... What's the depth and substance to the story there isn't well yeah that it's was like a flimsy excuse to have i just want a flimsy excuse to have namor punching around some agents of atlas go <laughs> well yeah that was um well that was kind of the thing is like once they started doing this out of the dragons like okay well that's awfully fast mm-hmm. um i thought we were supposed to have a conflict and then when it crashed i was like well i figured there was only one of two ways this could have gone and it went it went. It went one of those two ways. Like, yeah. congratulations! This is such a such a shocker. Yeah, just. Um, I was a little surprised. Um, at the scene where um, they had like a little a little scene. It was, I I, I kind of liked it where Namor was like, "All right, well, we might not actually have to go and you know kill a bunch of people this time." Right, maybe we can work a deal out. Yeah, we can work something out, and finally, you know, something will something will go our way. Right. And I was like, oh, Namor. You silly you, Namor. You, you know it's not going to. <laughs> right. Come on. This comic is called Atlantis Attacks, bro. You're going yeah. to war. He's <laughs> like, didn't you read the script, Namor? <laughs> um, but it, so I, I guess that was kind of to, I guess that's to remind, to kind of, I guess, to keep people not yeah. just hating Namor. Yeah, I, I guess, guess so. Yeah. And I mean, for us who've been following like in, Invaders and, the Avengers and right. other stuff. It's just like, 
okay, that makes sense because it's just been a giant bowl of crap for Namor yeah. since all this stuff happened. But for once again, for new readers, it's like cool. Yeah, yeah. You don't get a sense of that. Yeah, you don't. Under, a new reader has not been up on what Namor's been doing. Doesn't understand. They're like, what is Namor talking about? Yeah, they don't know. Pack assumes you've been reading Invaders and Avengers and all mm-hmm. that stuff. He just assumes you have. Yeah. Well, you can't do that. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. It's just, that's that's the biggest, the, the biggest problem is just that nobody gets any time because there are too many characters. That's my big thing. Yep. I can, I mean, I could, I could not harp on a lot of other stuff that's wrong here, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is if you don't have good character work and mm-hmm. it's a lot of talking, like he said, it just comes across as... Flipping pages, flipping yep. pages, flipping pages. Okay, yep. and we're done. Okay. Yeah. Very uninspired. Yeah. It's very uninspired. Mm-hmm. There's nothing special or unique about this at all. No. This is as generic a air quote big event. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. you're going to get. It's just blah. Yeah. I like the art, though. Yep. Art's nice. Art was nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I agree. How would you grade out Atlantis Attacks number two? Um... I will give the writing. I'll give the writing a four, and I'll give the art. I really dug the art. I'll give it an eight. Oh, okay, nice. All right, yeah. I nope. will. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. I will go. Uh, I'll go to the writing. I'm with you. Uh, four night girls out of ten for the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art, I will go. I don't know. Six night girls out of ten. Oh, okay. All right. Like, dang. Uh, all right. Uh, next, last. From Marvel, mm-hmm. my friend. <gasps> Amazing Mary Jane number five. This issue brought to us the words by Leah Williams, the art by Carlos Gomez, mm-hmm. the colors by Carlos Lopez. Uh, Stephen, long and short of this is uh, Mary Jane has left New York, gone to California to, fi- to star in a movie being filmed about mis- uh, Mysterious Life. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So Mysterio has disguised himself as a director named Cage McKnight to make a movie about his own life. Right. So we don't know. This is Myster- set in the 90s. Right. Uh, this, is, this is the name. The, <laughs> the comic is set in the 90s. No, I'm, just, what, I'm, what? I'm saying that because of the name no. that he chose, like, <laughs> Cage McKnight. <laughs> yes. Apparently, we're in a 90s action film. <laughs> yes. So you've got Mysterio. So no one knows he's Mysterio. That nobody on the set knows he's Mysterio because no. he's in disguise mm-hmm. as Cage McKnight. Anyhow. Cage uh, McKnight. Yeah. And uh, Mary Jane <laughs> is the female lead in the movie. And uh, she has discovered Cage's identity and agreed to stay on the movie because he's trying to be a better man. Right? That's and right. the production has been plagued by uh, attacks from the Savage Six. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we it, now that's the backup. Thank God, Stephen, for this awesome uh, recap page. Yes, this is why I, I got to give Marvel credit. DC needs to do this. Mm-hmm. This really makes hopping on a title super easy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. This is the number five title, Stephen, and I didn't feel lost after reading that recap page. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, we begin with a filming, and uh, Mary Jane is in a sweet costume she should always be wearing, and they film the final scene. It's a hit. Everyone's like, "Yay, movie's a wrap! Woohoo, we've done great!" Mm-hmm. And then. Mysterio goes, guess what? Our backer liked our movie. He's given us even more money. We're going to be able to do some B-shoots on location. Re-shoots. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
that and really just make this movie even better than before. And everyone's like, awesome. And they're all excited, right? Yeah. Okay. And Mysterio's like, I can't believe I'm, I'm actually going to have success for the first time in my life. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Really excited. And Mary Jane's like, oh, you're the man. It's okay. You just, you know, I'm here for you. I'm really happy. And, you know, boom, I've always believed in us, you know. Right. And I want to tell you how proud I am of you. And way to go. Then we cut to Mary Jane back in her trailer, and she's mm-hmm. sending a video message to Peter Parker telling him how much she loves him and misses him, and we'll see him soon. Mm-hmm. She comes back. She's walking back to the set, and oh, Stephen. Yes. First, that is a sweet 1960s Volkswagen microbus. Yes. Air-cooled Volkswagen. Can't get any better than that. And who comes out of it? It's that stupid Savage 6. Yeah. Oh, my God, Stephen. It's the worst. And they go to attack the set. But who do they see there? Mary Jane, who tells them this is a closed set. Mm -hmm. And Mary Jane proceeds to take on the Savage Six. Right. On her own, Steven. Oh, yeah. A female with no superpowers. Mm -hmm. None. Yeah. Not a single one. Yep. Taking on (laughs) Spider-Man's rogues gallery. Well, uh, three main three villains and then, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she, like, punches out Vulture mm-hmm. with one hit, takes down Tarantula with, I don't know, I can't with even a, make that out. Yeah, it looks like a prop sign or something. Okay. At least I think so. She yeah. She's cleaning up the set. Right. And then she trips the rhino. Trips the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> The most unbelievable thing in this whole scene, Stephen, is not Mary Jane with zero superpowers taking on all these supervillains uh, super and beating them up. Yeah. It's that Mary Jane, someone who is as intelligent, classy, fashionable. I mean, she is fashion to a T, mm-hmm. would wear Uggs. Nope. Yeah. That would never happen. I mean, maybe if she was like some, you know, like drug-addicted girl from the trailer park, she might wear Uggs. <laughs> Or some, you know, trashy sorority girl. She might. <laughs> but this is high fashion, classy, respected, intelligent Mary Jane Watson. Yeah. Never. She would never be seen dead in them. There you go, Stephen. <laughs> All right. And she proceeds to beat up Stegron. And Stephen, she's taking on everybody. Yeah. And she's... then it gets better. Yeah. Because we're told how this budget, this movie, has been on a shoestring. The movie's been on a shoestring budget, mm-hmm. right? They've been scrambling for every tiny penny they could find, right? right? And yet they have authentic, real androids of the original X Men. Yeah, with with their actual with their powers. superpowers yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? Steven, these robots here would cost more than the budget for, like, Avengers, uh, you know, 1, 2, and 3 put together. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. I, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't don't know what is more unbelievable in any of this here. This is crazy. Okay. So, finally, after Mary Jane beating up all these bad guys, uh, the Vulture... Uh, picks her up in the air and lands, drops her rough on the ground and then slaps her in the face. That's not right, Stephen. You don't get to hit Mary Jane. No. It's Mary Jane. Yeah. She's amazing. I think that you don't hit Mary Jane Watson. 
Oh, anyhow. So then the <laughs> cast for, uh, then the crew for uh, Mysterio, who, att- who are a bunch of supervillains, right? Ex-supervillains, and including Herbie the Robot? That's Herbie the Robot, Stephen. That I is, know. That's Herbie the Robot. I know. Well, they show up, <laughs> and Mary Jane's like, oh, thank God you guys are finally here. <laughs> right, because you've been beating up all these guys by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, anyhow, the... The crew beat up the bad guys, and then uh, Vulture and Mysterio lock horns, and Vulture ends up running away. And he's like, this isn't over. I'll find out who your benefactor is one way or another. Okay. (laughs) All right. And then uh, we end with uh, Mary Jane going, yay, thanks, guys. Let's go out for sushi. I'm buying. And that's the issue, Stephen. Yes, it is. Mary Jane, uh, Amazing Mary Jane, number five. What'd you think? I now understand the sales numbers, by the way. Yeah. I now get why it's not selling well. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> I got to tell you, this was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, an actual compliment. I like the art. Ooh, the art is The art was great. really nice. Um, the art who is good. was the artist again? Uh, the artist is uh, Carlos Gomez. Really good art. Yeah. Um. Uh. Hired. Hired. Carlos Gomez. More. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super cool art. Put him on an actual title. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, put him on a real title. But yeah. it's good artwork. I like oh, it yeah. a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Big. Big thumbs up. Um. I. I just thought like. <sighs> mm, man. I just. It's. It's so silly, and so stupid. It is so dumb that I was laughing with yes. every page. Yes. I was laughing with. Every do you just remind me of this reminded <laughs> me of Major X. Oh, Rob Liefeld's Major X. Yes, there is the story is nonsense. Oh, yeah, there is no internal logic. No. The writer contradicts herself every other page. Yes, but it's wildly hilarious. Oh, yeah. Now, <laughs> nothing will ever be as funny as Major X. No, 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 that's still the tops. That is the best. It is. That is the best of the worst. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I just kind of got that vibe. It's like what I actually pay five dollars for. No, oh my god, of course no. not. But you, since you... I had a copy, I read it and I laughed. Right, and it was great. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it is it is it is. I I don't know if it was intended to be as funny as we're taking it. I don't know, I, but it it is. I think I think when you get to the part where the production assistant hits Tarantula in the face with script pages. <laughs> That I feel like any sense of yes, we are really trying to write some <laughs> literature here. It right goes there. right out the window. So I'm I mean, going to assume the best and congratulate this writer for having the self awareness to realize. I can't tell if it's <laughs> bad writing that is wildly hilarious. <laughs> Or if it's intentionally <laughs> written this way and it's wildly hilarious. I don't know which it is. I mean, the, oh the, the fact that nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they're on a shoestring budget, yet they have these amazingly, <laughs> like, insanely over-the-top sophisticated X-Men robots right. that would cost billions of dollars. <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah, the, and yet, and even if I think I saw some of them, like, oh yeah, they're actually mysterious. Like, okay, so how is he supposed to disguise that he's mysterious if he's using his own freaking creation? Right, I mean, come on, right, come on. I love it, and I love it's fantastic Mary Jane <laughs> being able to def- to she take down the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You know what's supposed to happen? How did that not break your... her leg? Exactly. In half? That should have broken her leg in half. Yeah. You would have just walked right through it and just snapped her leg like a twig and kept yeah, she walking. She would have no bones left in her leg. Right. It would be destroyed. Right. Yes. Yes. <gasps> the fact that she takes them all down in, in, in ridiculous fashion. <laughs> just the, the dumbest. But where was she getting these things? Like, stuff would happen out of nowhere. Like, you saw her, like, punching the the vulture in the face and then the next panel is she's smashing I don't even know what it is I don't even know what it is all over tarantula, tarantula. <laughs> and the next panel tripping the rhino and then out of nowhere chucking what looks like to be a giant dinosaur at Stegra. it just yeah. none of it makes sense no at all absolutely there is not. zero logic <laughs> at all to any of this it is hilarious. Yes. It is absolutely hilarious. 100%. I mean, just so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It is hilarious. Why the vulture wants to shut down a movie. Find out who's funding his movie. Right. Hilarious. Like, it's just the ending. The ending. What? I mean, just. Yes. Hey. hey let's go for sushi. Let's go for sushi. Like, like, this is literally the ending dialogue. Vulture runs away. Mm. Bad guys are defeated. Yep. The state, she, I guess she's the director's assistant. Yeah. Right? She throws the, her clipboard with pages of the script on it, <laughs> throws it, and goes, Yeah, you better run. <laughs> and <laughs> what? And then Mary Jane's standing there going, So, what now? <laughs> and, then, and then the director's assistant goes, Well, since you're an overachiever and took care of breaking down the set for us oh my god i say we go out for sushi <laughs> mary jane's response Stephen. <laughs> I, I look at lines like that and i think <sighs> of um um do you remember the the character that stephen colbert played on harvey birdman yes the, the one with the eye patch stuff? yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. That was me while I was reading this. Like, ha, ha. And then Mary Jane going, well, you coming? I'm buying. End of issue. It is just, huh. it's, it's, oh, it's, okay. Yeah, it's just hilarious. It's hilarious. I don't know who, what, hmm. Who would you recommend this to? <laughs> <laughs> um, If you liked Major X. You need to buy this. You need to buy this. And I, and. I know there's somebody who liked it unironically. <laughs> Not you. Not you. You don't buy it. Not you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we see you. <laughs> I, I, it, I, it's not worth paying four dollars. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No, it's not worth four dollars. No, it's, it's, it's not. Um, it's. Uh, I don't know who. I don't know who we're writing for here. I don't know who the target audience is. I, I really can't tell you. Right. I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know who. Do you? I can't figure it no, out. No, I don't. I don't know who it is for. Okay. I mean, it's, I, I can't tell you. It's I really too, don't know. It's too random to be like, oh, this is a girl power. No, title definitely not. Or whatever. It's definitely not that. It's like it's um, it's not for cinephiles. Definitely not that. Because I like I I enjoyed like some of the random like oh film speak we're gonna throw in here. Nobody knows like oh the magic hour. It's like I know what that is, but yeah. nobody else knows or right. cares, you know. Right. Um, and then just I'm sorry, like that's it's just silly. Yes, 
It's so silly. It is. Uh, but I love it. <laughs> How would you grade Amazing Mary Jane number five? Well, um, if I am if I were to be a real critic. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Excuse me. Yes. Um, should I do a British accent? Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I will give this um, <laughs> this this uh, this issue of this comic book series, this literature. <laughs> I would have to award it a. Two night girls out of ten. No, a two, yes. a two ladies of the night yes. out of ten. Yes. For the writing. Yes. For the art. The art is a is very wonderful. Yes. And um, mm, let me fix my uh, monocle here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I will give the art, and I'll give it a nine. It was it was uh, uh, stupendous. Yes. But as me, um, I give it a ten because yes. it's just. Fantastic! It is. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, critically speaking, okay. It's. It, I agree with you. Two oh, nickels. It's, it's garbage. Out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Two nickels out of ten for the writing. Yeah. The art though is really, really good. I'll give yeah. it nine nickels out of ten. <laughs> I like the art a lot. Uh, it, but ten out of ten for entertainment value. Right. Oh 10 yeah. Ten out of ten for entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now tell me, is this is this more entertaining or less entertaining than Teen Titans? More entertaining. Yeah, I would say so. Too. More entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Once you get yeah. to tripping the rhino, yeah. it's like yeah. we have gone off the completely Abs- off the rails. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Um, all right, so DC Comics. Let's start yes. with Legion of Superheroes number four, shall we? Okay. This issue. Oh boy. This this <laughs> issue, Stephen. Oh, this issue. It was an issue and I had to read it. Yeah. Why? Do we have to recap? I feel like we can say you know what's funny? In, in two sentences what happened. I can. Ready for this? Okay. The words are Brian Bendis. The art is Ryan Sook and mm-hmm. Mikael Janin. Yes. And the inks, Wade Von Grawbacher and, and Mikael Janin. Colors, Jordi Belair. Yeah. This is easy to recap. Are you yes, ready, guys? Mm-hmm. All right. This is what happens. No mm-hmm. lie. Superboy hooked into the into Computo to get the origin of the Legion. Yes? Yes. Saturn Girl first. Mm-hmm. She's on Titan. She gets chastised by her parents for cluttering up the hive mind of the telepaths Mm -hmm. and their family and then telling her that she has an offer to join the junior United Planets, Mm -hmm. the uh, youth delegation, right? Yes. Then we cut to uh, Garth and Isla Rands on the planet of Winneth. And they are standing down some United Planet Science Police, right? Mm-hmm. Who are trying to, I don't know, get some people to leave their planet, maybe some, I don't know, refugees, maybe? Mm-hmm. And uh, what we learn from the scene is that Garth is um, an idiot, mm-hmm. and Isla is really loud and annoying. That's what we learn. Anyhow, they stand down the UP mm-hmm. Science Police, and then we cut to them at home, and we find out that they're mo- they have two moms. Yeah. But that's not enough for Bendis. No. He can one-up that. Come mm-hmm. on, man. This is the 31st century. Right. I mean, two moms. Mm-hmm. One is a humanoid. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're from Winneth, so they can't be human, but sure. human-looking. Human-ish, yeah. Human-ish. And the other is made of pink translucent energy. Mm-hmm. That's... How did they have kids, Stephen? Only one of them has a physical body. And two different species. Mm-hmm. Two different species can't mate and reproduce. That's a science. That's an impossibility. Right. Like, it, it mm-hmm. can't happen. Yeah. 
Was she a different species? I thought she was like in like a hologram or something. No, she's got like pink voice and I think she's. I a guess my mind just meant to robot. I think that's how they have the lightning <laughs> powers. Maybe. Hmm. The point is. Yes. Bendis doesn't tell us. Yeah. <laughs> at all. The bigger point is that Stephen is supposed to be an origin. Mm-hmm. We're left to our own devices. Right. Is it a different species? Mm-hmm. Is, it is it a, a robot? robot? Is it an energy construct? Mm-hmm. Is it a hologram? We don't know. Bendis ain't telling us. Is it butter? I don't know. Exactly. I, I can't believe it. Ex- it's not. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the science police, uh, the, the, then uh, science command shows up and they say that Isla and Garth Rands have been invited to be part of the United Planets. Mm-hmm. The young United Planets. Yes. Isla, of course, is like, power of the people. Screw you. I'm never going. And Garth is like, Duh. Duh. Can you take one instead of two? There you yes. go. Um, of course, you get there some wacky. There lo- there's a. It goes without saying, Stephen. Some wackiness. There, there's ensues. a lot of wacky dialogue, isn't there? <laughs> yes. Like wacky dialogue, right? Yeah. Okay. I just just. No, you're not like, wrong. Like like yeah. when the, the 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 science people, the science uh, commander, there to offer the position to the mm-hmm. junior young planets. You know, when Garth says he wants to be a member, you just see one of the science guys saying, so we'll tell the president no. And then when Garth says, this will be both of us, one of them goes, does it? The other one goes, I don't know. The other one goes, I drove. What does it say? It's just, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. A lot of that, Mm -hmm. that dad joke. And that's where Bendis' humor has become dad jokes. Yeah. Because he's in his 50s now. Mm Mm-hmm. his humor may have been trendy back in you know late nineties, early two thousands, maybe if it ever was. But now, no. <laughs> this wacky humor that we get from him, and it's yeah. every Stephen, is it not everywhere? Like every character gets wacky humor. Yeah. Every character gets wacky dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's all dad jokes. Yeah, it's all dad jokes. This reads like your dad wrote the issue. I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but does this not read like your dad wrote the comic book? Well, I don't want to insult my dad. <laughs> um, I would say. Okay. There, if you look at those um, those progressive commercials where it's the person becoming their parents, yes, it sounds like one of those people wrote it. Oh, nailed it! Agreed. Yeah, the one that's intentionally a joke. Agreed. Wrote this yes. issue. Yes. Then we cut to Brawl, and we find out Stephen that only one percent of Brawlians have magnetic powers. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. It's always been everyone from Brawl has magnetic powers. Yeah, and they play Magno Ball, mm-hmm. a sport, and Rock is the ultimate Magnoball player. Mm-hmm. He's a stud. Now, only 1% have magnet powers, and they use their powers to fight big magnetic beasts. That's definitely it. Cool. That's cool. All right. Yep. Cool idea, bro. <laughs> uh, and then we see that Cosmic Boy is given an invitation to join the Young United Planets. And then we see them meeting, mm-hmm. uh, Garth and Imra and Rock, mm-hmm. and they're meeting... And evidently, there's only three people who are jo- who are invited to join the Young United Planets. Very small Young United Planets. So it's so, so, very, very like, so it's like a Young United Nations at a, at a high school, basically. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. like yeah, we're the but only, only ones. three nations. <laughs> only three nations get in, get invited. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This it makes no sense. Well, I was saying only three people signed <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, for the model you went at high school. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah. These three guys are home. Oh, it's just us. Yeah. So <laughs> then uh, the president of the United Planets comes in, R.J. Brand. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I, still, like oh, a... I still, I still can't. R.J. I still can't get R.J. Brand out of my like mouth. A, looks like a 
Star like a rejected Star Trek character you wouldn't have even seen on this Enterprise. Is so far <laughs> from what RJ Brand was, it's so sad. I still can't get over it. Yeah. Anyhow, the president goes, look, change of plan since nobody took our invite to be a jury. <laughs> she doesn't really say that. She doesn't really say that. She would have been funnier, though. <laughs> it would have been funnier. It would have been funnier. She goes, look, I have an idea. Instead of my original idea was the young United Planets. Uh, how about we do something more? A super team. A galactic super team. With kids just like you guys from all over the universe. Bum, bum, bum. And then suddenly... the three planets, yes. Just three planets, though. Yeah, out of the whole universe. That's it. <laughs> and then suddenly, oh no, the Haraz attack. And there's a big explosion in the room. And our three teenagers power up. And then, Stephen, did we almost get some action? Yeah, we almost did. We almost got action, Stephen. We're about, what, 18 pages in? Mm -hmm. Bendis goes, hold on. No, sir. No action for you. We go right back to Superboy being pulled out of computer because, oh, no, there's an emergency. In fact, there's a full-scale invasion of the science police. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that the president has um, ordered that the Legion of Superheroes is locked down until further notice. Mm -hmm. That's the issue, Stephen. Yeah. Nothing happened in this issue, Stephen. First of all, all that happened in this issue was a really, really boring, generic retell of the Legion's origin. Mm -hmm. But he took, but in in all seriousness, objectively worse and more uninteresting version (laughs) of the Legion's origin. (laughs) It just is. It just is. This was terrible. Stephen, this was maybe like it, we are now the fourth issue into this title, Stephen. Mm-hmm. What is going on in this title? Could you tell me what story? I mean, we've been reviewing this title because, you know, I've made you because I like it. Because um, <laughs> I like the Legion. Poor Stevens had to go along with forced, forced enjoyment here. Mm-hmm. We're four issues in. Mm-hmm. What's the main plot line? What are the different story arcs involved? Um, what are the different characters we've seen? Remember, the Legion's calling card is the big roster of characters, right? Mm-hmm. That's the big calling card. So mm-hmm. how many Legionnaires have actually gotten panel time? How many stories has he installed? How much plot progression have we gotten? What, what, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> um, well, um, before issues in, nothing's happened. Yes. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm being generous. Nothing's happened, Stephen, in four I issues. Know. Literally nothing's happened. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I know. <laughs> You're like, I've been reading it. <laughs> what, 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 that, what, what, I, uh, what is going on with Bendis? I don't understand. Uh, what's happening? Uh, that, that's what's happening. Random noises <laughs> and collecting a paycheck for it. So there you go. This is... That's all I have. <laughs> I, I mean, is, is there any story to this title? No. I mean, four issues. You, normally, by four issues, Stephen, you've you've finished up your first story arc. Right. We haven't even started a story arc yet. Right. Uh, and once again, only three legionnaires get any panel time. Mm-hmm. Stephen, I, I don't think. I don't hey, think... now that's not true. Triplicate girl got to be really annoying on the first two oh, pages. Super. I mean, Triplicate girl is a great character, and again, mm-hmm. Bendis being cute mm-hmm. decides he can make a great character. Absolutely unbearable by making her talk in the I, we, I slash we, I slash we. It gets old reading that after mm-hmm. a while, Stephen. That gets really old yeah. after a while. It's yeah. not it, enjoyable. 
See, it would be kind of funny if like he like distinguished their personalities. Like it was three different personalities, but, but he it doesn't was the same person. Yeah, and then one person was like really harped on that, right? But they kind of ignored her because that's that's dumb. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I think that's uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. There is no character work. No, at all. Is no. there? No. Does anyone have a unique personality? Anybody? Anyone have a unique personality? Not really. Yeah. I would, well, the only moment I liked was that was when John Kent told them to use their actual names because yes. his father would want to know the names by dinner time. I thought, I was like, oh, that was a decent line. Okay. Right, right. And then it was, uh, and, and that was it. And yeah. That was all I liked. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. The external dialogue is all the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the same wacky dad joke Bendis voice. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised RJ Brand didn't say, let's rock and roll. I know, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it, it's there's there is no character work. No. It's it's as bland as possible. Mm-hmm. He continues to make the Legionnaires sound like idiots. I mean, Lightning Lad. <laughs> I don't Steven, <laughs> I don't know if he can remember to breathe. I'm concerned he might forget how to breathe. Lightning Lad had a lobotomy somewhere. I mean, could he have possibly <laughs> made that character seem any dumber? Like, is it possible? Wow. Just wow, <laughs> and, but all the characters yeah. are so bland and boring. Well, Rock, let think about this. The Legion has not sold very well historically, right? And DC said, "Well, we've tried writing them well, right? How about writing them poorly? We write them terribly. Oh, Let's see how that goes. Wow." I mean, it's just the only thing that makes sense to I me. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> now, just... I mean, to, and to be fair, writing a legion, it's, it's not easy. It isn't. That's why you have to hire the right writer. Exactly. And that was where I was going to do. It's like, yeah. I, get, I get it. It's not an easy task. <laughs> it's not. No, this is a hard title. That's why you have to be smart about who you hire. Exactly. And Bendis is not and the guy Bendis, for the job. No. He's hopelessly. Yeah. Steven, you can tell at the end of this, this four issues now we're in. Mm-hmm. I, I think, maybe I'm reading into it. I think it's palpable. I think it is obvious how hopelessly overwhelmed Bendis is at yeah. this moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear he has no clue what he's doing. Yep. He has no clue where to go, mm-hmm. how to handle all these characters, mm-hmm. how to build the stories. I, he feel to me, it is obvious that he is just utterly lost yeah. and drowning mm-hmm. at the moment. Yep. And completely overwhelmed. Yeah. I wonder if this was one that was pushed at him. Right. As opposed to one that he wanted to do. Yeah. It's it's very I possible. could see Didio doing that. Oh, I could see hey, Didio. You're a, you're another uh, right. bald white man. Would you like to right. yes. <laughs> would you like to do something that I want you to do? Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could see Didio saying, Hey, I want you to do uh, you know, in return for all your wonder comics line of titles that we're gonna give you. Yeah. Legions You're gonna do something for me. Right. Yeah. You're gonna kill this title. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I could see that. Um there's nothing here. I, who, no. who would you recommend this to? No, I, I, I don't think new, I don't think fans who are new readers who have never read the Legion before mm-hmm. will find this intensely boring. Yeah, and will wonder why did anyone ever like the Legion in the first place? Mm-hmm. This is crap. That's correct. So I think for non-Legion fans, new readers, this would be this would make you run away from the Legion screaming. Mm-hmm. And for Legion fans, <laughs> you run away from it screaming. As well, yeah, just in principle. <laughs> yes. So it's 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 not appealing to anybody. I don't think. Yeah. To either group, mm-hmm. n- new fans or old Legion fans. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Stephen, I don't even think diehard Bendis fans would find this enjoying. No. Because it's not your typical Bendis story. No. Street level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not what you normally see from a Bendis 
uh, story. So I don't even think long, diehard Bendis fans would enjoy this. Yep. I mean, it and ugh, it's just terrible. Anyhow, um, how would you grade out Legion Superheroes number four? Uh, writing to art, um, art. I like the art. I, I like do Ryan too. Art. And, the and cool. Mikhail Janin's art. I love both of them. Very yeah. Much. So I'll give it. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. I was gonna say seven because they have not, but I'm trying to be generous because I like right. them so much. So I'll give it an eight. I agree. I agree. Uh, the writing is two nickels out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. Yeah. The art, though, I'm with you. It's eight nickels out of ten. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And it's funny, even though I, you know, it's Cosmic Boy has always been one of my favorite Legionnaires, and even though this new version of Cosmic Boy, I mean, I think his haircut looks stupid as hell, and you know, I just don't like the changes they've made. I just think it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But damn, when I saw him in action, saw the magnetic yep. rings, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, get him! <laughs> just can't help myself. Anyhow, yeah, <laughs> just can't help myself. Uh, my love runs deep for the character, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyhow. He goes and says to his wife, you see that? That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Stephen. Uh, yeah. Let's see, boy. Okay. Um, but yeah, the art, that's the yep. one saving grace. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. You're looking at the pictures. Yep. All right, Stephen. Next up for us, mm-hmm. Justice League 41. Yep. Words. Robert Vendetti. Mm-hmm. Pencils, Aaron LaFrusty, mm-hmm. big fan of him. Matt Ryan is the inks, David Barron doing the colors, and in this issue are uh, Superman and Wonder Woman. And I'm sorry, when you said Matt Ryan, I mean, I was like, oh, he decided to stop ruining the Falcons. And oh, smart. wow. He's finding a new <laughs> career, Stephen. Burn. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, you got Flash, John Stewart, Wonder Woman, Superman. They're battling the Daxamites, and they are losing. Stephen, mm-hmm. they are losing oh, yeah. badly. We cut back to London. Madame Xanadu still has uh, the magical tendrils around Batman, and Batman's like, "Listen," he's like, yeah, "Listen to me, listen to me." She's not listening to him, so he goes, "Oral spike, max blast," and <laughs> blows out her ears, and she's all like, "Whoa, what happened?" <laughs> and he's like, "Look, trust me. Look, lady. <laughs> Look, lady. Trust me. I'm, I'm, you know, blah blah blah. I'm, 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 I'm telling you the truth." And so he. Finally gets her to believe him, that he's mm-hmm. there for her help on behalf of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. She finally agrees that she will help him because, obviously, if Metropolis falls, the rest of the world's going to fall. Right. And that includes her beloved London and her mm-hmm. hideout and all that kind of fun stuff, right? Yes. Okay. So we cut back to the Daxamite still just overpowering Flash, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. And Barry Allen has one of those moments where, oh, crap. His yep. powers don't work. They don't work. I do like as as they're trying to, you know, they're being overwhelmed by the Daxamites, and John Stewart has created this little box around the four of them, and it's cracking, and they're like, oh, this is not going to hold long. And Superman's like, Batman will be here. Yep. And they're like, oh, it's not going to hold. It's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. And Superman's like, he'll be here. Yep. Like I like that was really good. <laughs> that was really good character work with you know despite them always being opposite Batman and Superman being so opposite all the time, mm-hmm. the, Im- the absolute unwavering faith and trust that Superman has in Batman. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's done organically in a fight scene. See, this is a good way of, I've always said fight scenes are a great opportunity to do character work. Mm-hmm. They really are. They don't have to be mindless. You can yeah. do great character work in a fight scene. This is good character work for Superman and Batman in this fight scene. Mm-hmm. I think really well done. Yeah. Anyhow, 
The construct fails. They get overwhelmed. And Green Lantern, uh, John Stewart, tells Flash, run, tell everyone what happened. Tell them to be ready. And boom, the powers don't work. And he gets taken out by a Daxamite. And then John Stewart gets overwhelmed. And Wonder Woman gets overwhelmed. And Superman's overwhelmed. Everyone's overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Radicator's like standing there. And he's like, you know, resistance is futile. We've won. You're all, you know, nothing can stop us now. Because right. our heroes are all captured by the Daxamites. And then suddenly he's this is battering, hitting Radicator's <laughs> head. And it's just this tiny little tink. And it makes a tiny sound. Tink. So, come on. That's good comedy. Yes. That is well-timed comedy. It doesn't make Batman look bad. No. It, it's just that these it's guys funny. are so OP. Yeah. That a little battering is not going to bother. It was just so so well played, right? Yeah. Tink. <laughs> and then uh, Batman's there with Madame Xanadu. And Madame Xanadu zaps everybody with her magic, and that's a weakness for Kryptonians mm-hmm. and Daxamites, of course. And but not Eradicator. He's like, mm, mm-hmm. doesn't affect me. Yeah. And then Madame Xanadu says, "Everyone, get through the portal right now." And uh, one woman's woman, woman grabs her shield and sword and goes, "I'll cover our retreat." And Eradicator shoots a blast at the gateway. Gateway disappears. Our heroes are gone. Yay! They escaped. Yes. And then we see Eradicator smashing into the Hall of Justice headquarters and hooking into the main computer there and then broadcasting across the entire world, Stephen, his mm-hmm. message that he and Daxam are here to destroy all the humans and claim Earth as new Krypton. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we see our heroes um, in an undisclosed location, right? Mm-hmm. Batman, Superman, John Stewart, Barry Allen. Madam Xanadu, and they look around, and they're like, wait a minute. Someone's missing. And Madam Xanadu is like, I couldn't save everyone. <gasps> and we see back in the Hall of Justice, Eradicator's there, and he's got Wonder Woman knocked out, and he's holding her by the scruff of her neck. Mm-hmm. And he's like, here, and he's showing on the broadcast of the world, here's your heroes. I've beaten them. Mm-hmm. Resistance is futile. Yep. End of the issue. Mm-hmm. What'd you think, Steve? Um, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was another good issue. Yep. A lot of fun. Yep. Um, <laughs> definitely uh, not good for the Justice League. No. But, I mean, there is that when the Flash got hit. Like Flash got laid out. He did. He got Ugh. messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I really, I think this was. This was. Definitely more of a okay. Let's have a bunch of action. Happen. This is a great action issue. Yes, it this is. is all. This issue is all about the action. Yes, we're not going to do lots of uh, moving around. No, uh, no, no. This is not going to be the heavy plot work. This is all about the action. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it serves the purpose because it shows the threat. Like this is Earth my Earth. Well, they're not Earth my heroes. That's the Avengers. But you know the right. the other ones. But they. Um. But these are the the toughest people. On the block, pretty I, much. I think that, much like in pro wrestling, that mm-hmm. Venditti did you dedicated Just League Forty One to getting the villains over with mm-hmm. the readers yeah. as an unstoppable force. He's got to build these villains up as unstoppable, mm-hmm. so it's a climactic, exciting moment when our heroes actually beat them. Yep, that's right? right. That's good storytelling. Yeah, that's good storytelling. And this issue is all about get. The villains over with the readers. Mm-hmm. Make them feel like everything is hopeless. No one can stop them. What are our heroes going to do? Yeah. And um, great. Yeah. And um, 
And yeah, I think th- I think he definitely he, he definitely did that because mm-hmm. I mean, well, and they're not even all you know fully empowered and right. whatnot either. So right, yeah, um, they make a point of saying that the longer they're on Earth, the more they will get up to to, to, to their s- full power levels. Exactly. Right. Um, and and of course, then and the Justice League is not at their full power either. Right. Because of the Flash and um, mm-hmm. some of the other stuff that's going on. So um, I mean. I, I mean, as an action issue, I really, I really liked it. I liked that he still snuck in, you know, the character work in there. And that's what's um, great. The, the action, yeah. there was good dialogue. Mm-hmm. There was good, um, there was good chemistry between the characters. Mm-hmm. And you got a, you got a good sense of how they view each other and how they handle uh, dangerous situations. Yeah. It, it's not just mindless action. No, this no, was definitely really not. good action that really conveyed the personalities of the various characters mm-hmm. and the roles they play on this team. Yeah. And I also like that um and I also like that you did get the the okay, this is how you could take care of like when Madame Xanadu shows up and just wipes them out. Mm-hmm. Except for the eradicator, which I thought was right. interesting. I thought it was cool too. Where, where he's just looking. Well, it's funny we said dad jokes with his damn dad sunglasses on. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> Curious. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that I mean, that was really cool, and mm-hmm. of course, it's all helped by the fact that the art is so oh, good. Aaron Lepresti is the man. Yeah. I love this art. I've always liked Lepresti's art, mm-hmm. and this is no exception. This is. Gorgeous superhero artwork. Mm-hmm. This is how I want my superheroes to look. It's just fantastic. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful to look at. The colors pop out oh, at you. Yeah. The um the splash pages look great. There's yes. a lot going on, but oh. it's all so clear and yes. nice and just yes. oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And um, even I mean, maybe it's just me. I love some of the the panel layouts, like when they like when they have the talking head, but it's like a little circle around, yes. it and everything springs out of that. Yes. I love that. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, I knew he was gonna do a good job, and he's doing a great job. You know. Yes, so I agree. It's, yeah, it's hard to like. I need to like prepare like compliments because having to come up with them on the spot is just like, man, I don't know. How many times can I keep saying it's great? <laughs> right. No, I, I'm with you, Stephen. I mean, at the end of the day, our review is it's great. You should buy this comic. Yeah. Right. And I there's, buy this there's comic. No good reason not to. I'm no, sorry. Buy this comic. This is absolutely worth the cover price. Yeah. This is worth every penny you pay for the cover mm-hmm. price. Yeah. And the the only I, well I, negative I guess mm-hmm. is that you know is stuff that's that doesn't have anything to do with what Venditti is doing. Like I've I've heard people say. Well, when is this taking place? If this is taking place, then well, then we why look, is we can well look that's back not to Dan Didio and the man in charge of all the editors for that? Yes, <laughs> and he's gone. Outdoor. So yeah, so and, and, it's that, like that, and I tell you, it's like just stop, just just, just shh. Right, right. It's <laughs> a just fair enjoy it. That's <laughs> a fair criticism that should be directed to the editors. Exactly. It's not. It has nothing it's to not, do with nothing to do with Venditti. Venditti's writing. At not all. at all. That's no. something you should direct to the editors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. I think this is it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a blast. It is fun. It is exciting. It puts a smile on your face. It's enjoyable. It's good escapist in- story. It's just it's everything you want in a superhero comic. It's just a lot of fun. I like it. And I like that he went heavy with the action. Mm-hmm. I think that was a smart move yeah. to really build up the villains. So mm-hmm. big thumbs up. And you're right. Aaron Lepresti and Matt Ryan just kill yeah. it with the artwork. Mm-hmm. Just kill it with the artwork. I, 
Everyone should be buying this. If you like superhero comics, you should be buying this. Yeah, End of story. I agree. End of story. It's just a shame that Matt Ryan couldn't kill it against the Patriots. Oh, but that's, that's, wow. that's me. Wow, Steven. Wow. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you grade out Justice League 41? Um, I will give um, I'll give the writing and I'll give the writing an eight. Mm-hmm. It's always impressive when somebody works yes, in a lot of character into an action heavy issue. Yes, sir. Um, and I will give the art. I'll give the art a nine. I make jokes about Matt Ryan, but he is great, and so is Aaron Lepresti. Totally Le- agree. Le- Pet Lepestri. I'm sorry. Um, and um, yeah, I want I want to see them on more stuff. I totally agree with you, my friend. So uh, so so get on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do uh, eight night girls out of ten for the writing. Mm-hmm. Nine night girls out of ten for the artwork. Big thumbs up by 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 Justice League. Absolutely, it's, it's worth it. All right, my friend. Last title up. Uh oh. The Batman. Uh oh. The real Batman, Steve. Of course. Okay. <laughs> Not a Batwing. <laughs> Not Batwing. Not Batwing. We're talking Batman. Yes. The words by James Tinian the Fourth. Art by Carlos Pagolan. Sorry if I killed that name. Uh, Gillam March and Danny Miki. Mm-hmm. And colors by Tamu Mori. Yes. And Stephen. In this issue, mm-hmm. we begin with uh, the Penguin being dropped off by the Batman at the ER. Yep. Kind of being tossed to the <laughs> ER, right? And uh, Penguin's there for some medical care. Mm-hmm. And then we see the Batman taking down Gunsmith. That's the guy with the American flag over his face. Mm-hmm. He takes him down in short order. Pretty cool action, actually. Yeah. Really oh, yeah. cool. It's like pretty two pages of pretty cool action. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see here. And after he takes him down, we cut to Catwoman and Harley Quinn finishing off the Joker's, uh, well, yeah, I guess they're the Joker's flunkies. And get a little team-up action. Mm-hmm. It's Gillen March's art, so it looks fantastic, of, of course. course. No one draws Catwoman better than Gillen March. No. <laughs> and uh, after they take down the baddies, they uh, kind of chit-chat mm-hmm. about uh, how they need to find Joker. And Carly Quinn says that she's she believes she tells you that the corpse of Saul is not Joker. That's mm-hmm. one of the Joker's right. henchmen, and um, she's looking for the Joker because she wants to kill him. Catwoman wants to find the Joker too. Right. So hey, team up. Yeah. Right. And then suddenly, before they can uh, leave the area, they get attacked by Merlin and Cheshire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we see, watching from afar, the new character, the replacement. Yep. Punchline. Mm-hmm. Watching, she's the new replacement for Harley Quinn. Yep, and who's got great character design, by the way. Oh yeah, awesome character design, Ooh. and I'm excited to see Punchline. I think she's what we've been missing since Harley Quinn has kind of morphed into something else. Yeah, yeah, I think Punchline's gonna be very popular. I think so too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> then we cut to this villain called Mister Teeth, and he's on the loose doing his serial killer thing, and Batman yeah. shows up and. Blah, 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 blah. That's fine. I could have sworn that was the key. Yeah. Or at least, at least Grant Morrison's the key. Right. But it's not. But no. It's not. No, it's Mr. Teeth. So, <laughs> Batman uh, uh, takes him out. Yeah. We see Mr. Teeth. He's slinking around um, the Riddler's secret um, base. Hideout, yeah. Hideout. Okay. Batman's looking for the Riddler. Stumbles across Mr. Teeth instead. Mm-hmm. So, he takes out Mr. Teeth in a brutal fashion. <laughs> Brutally. <laughs> yeah. Pretty brutal fashion. And then we see a video. Uh in, uh, Riddler recorded a video, I guess, just before he left his hideout. Mm-hmm. No sound, though. Purposely didn't leave sound on. Right. 
I was left the sound off. I mean, and there's the character, we, a mysterious character that we don't know. He's the guy who's behind everything, right? All right, and he has a D. He's got like a white mask, no eye holes or mouth holes, with a D written on it. Mm-hmm. It's in the same font as Disneyland. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, but it's not really Walt <laughs> Disney though. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, Batman's like trying to figure out why why would it, why would Riddler turn off the volume. Why is he trying to tell me? What clues mm-hmm. does he give me in this video? And he's Batman's cracking the clues that the Riddler left him, right? right. To figure out who, what is going on, right? And so uh, Batman then tells um, Lucius Fox mm-hmm. to release the Bat Spawn. Mm-hmm. And that's the army of Bat Drones. Mm-hmm. They go all across the city. They find Deathstroke, mm-hmm. his location. <laughs> and then suddenly Catwoman and Harley Quinn show up carrying the bodies, the unconscious bodies of Merlin and Cheshire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love it in that where Harley Quinn's like, so where, so where do you want him? And Batman says, over there. <laughs> over there, yeah. In the corner in with the, the corner, others. Yeah. yeah. And then Catwoman's like, uh, Batman's like, we need to talk. And Catwoman's like, yeah, we do. And then Batman's like, who's the guy in the video? And she's like, damn it, he's captured the Riddler. Ugh. And Penguin's still in danger. And Joker... He's probably, you know, he's in danger as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Batman goes, we need to have a word in private. Mm-hmm. And Catwoman tells him that the guy with the D on the white mask is called the designer. Right. Okay. And years ago, Catwoman made a deal with him that they all did. Catwoman, Penguin, Joker. And Riddler. And Riddler. Yeah. All made a deal with the designer. And uh, she goes, before I tell you more, I want to say, I'm sorry. Right. <sighs> and then we get an <laughs> epilogue. And it's punchline calling Joker and giving him uh, the information that they've seen the grave. They got the bat's attention, pointing elsewhere, and we see the Joker going, okay, there's a few people I need to talk to first before the big game starts. And we see on a corkboard, uh, Dick Grayson's photos of Dick Grayson, Timothy Drake, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, and Barbara Gordon. No, and it literally says... Bat family. Bat family. And then their names. Yes. Yes. So he knows everyone's name. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it has like a picture of, Nick, you know, of their... Dick Grayson and Dick Nightwing. Grayson, Nightwing, right. Robin, Damien, blah, 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 blah. But he's wrong because he doesn't think about Rick Grayson. Oh. oh. Thanks, Didio. Thank uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steven. How do you grade up? Sorry, grade out. <laughs> Batman. Before I jump oh, right well. to the grade, huh? Jeez. Uh, Batman. Up the format. <laughs> Batman number 89, what'd you think? <laughs> Um, I thought it was, um, that was really, uh, really, really good again. It's um, a damn good issue, isn't it? Yeah, it is. God, I, I love this title. Yeah. It's Tinian's been, it's been, been it's been nice to like really just love it. Yes. You know? Just unabashedly love yes. Batman. It's been a long time for me at least. And I'm happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been a little for me as well. I, I like Tom King's yeah, run. Yeah, you like Tom King's run on Batman. Um, it it was too you liked long. it more than me. I yes, I did. I was it was too long. Right. <laughs> it's way too long. Right, right. But anyways, beyond that, um, it's just um, I really like just the um the creativity. Yes, it's um, so much fun. Yes, because I'm sure. Well, first of all, I mean Batman's ever expanding arsenal. I would oh, be cool if they yes. introduced a new thing like every issue <sighs> that you. That's what Batman, I want. of course, Batman has that's what I want. an army of drones. Yes, that's what and I of want. course, I love Deathstroke's reaction, which is just. Show off. <laughs> yes. It's perfect, isn't it? It's perfect. And um, 
I I still think the stuff with um this designer person mm-hmm. um um I'm not sure how I feel about that costume. Yeah, the costume's kind of whack. It's kind of weird. Yeah, someone called the designer. Yeah, you know, you think they'd it's, be a little it, more it's fashionable. A, it's a mess of a costume. It is, but you know. Okay. But it's a cool concept, though. The whole concept yes. of the designer and this mysterious plan that we're, where he pulled in Joker, Riddler, and Penguin, and mm-hmm. Catwoman for something. That's a cool concept. Yes. I like and the I whole concept. I still like the, um, um, yeah, like I still like the concept. I still like the mystery of it where mm-hmm. you st- we still don't know yes. what, <laughs> what happened. Mm-hmm. That was so bad. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that um, he didn't make Harley Quinn too annoying. <laughs> yes. Big thumbs up to that. Big thumbs up. It's a very hard thing to do. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a fine line to walk, Stephen. Yes, it is. Yeah. But, um, and so I felt like it was like, okay, well, she's actually a good addition. Yes. It feels like we're bringing in everybody. Yes. Yes. Which... I kind of dig that. I love it. I love it. It really kind of makes makes the threat of this goofy looking character more real. Yeah, absolutely. And um and just the little the little things that he that he does like having the Riddler make a sign to Batman but cutting the vo- the audio off mm-hmm. as if still just to to screw with him mm-hmm. which makes which no normal person would do that but the Riddler would help but the Riddler would yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and I also love the penguin saying that you know, I'll pay you $100,000 to keep me alive. Oh, and I won't murder your family. Yes. Like he tells that to the ER doctor. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The character work's great. Yes. The character work is brilliant. The and dialogue is brilliant for all the characters, too. Yeah. And, um, and the action stuff is Action's fantastic. Action, it's fantastic. It um, is. I mean, most of it is Gillen March, who... Oh, he's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's... He's so amazing. And there's, like, little bits, like, where... Um, like when Batman fights Dr. Teeth, which of course I don't, I don't think of that without thinking of the electric mayhem. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a good thing he doesn't talk cause I would have done right. the voice. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But where, um, Batman set comes up behind him and after he explains his whole thing, it's like, um, I thought I would show my appreciation for his work and it's just him like with his teeth gritted, like, Yes. yes. <laughs> Which I mean, that's funny. Yeah, it's, it is. It's really it is. funny. And um, so I mean, Tinian, he's man, he is so good. He's on fire. He's great. Yeah, I, I was um, I was listening to somebody the other day. They were given they mostly do movies, but because there's a lot of comic book movies, they gave some comic book um recommendations. Yeah, and they said they didn't like James Tinian. I'm like, why? Wow. How could you possibly not like Tinian? I guess it takes all types, but I don't know, man. Tinian's good in my book. Yeah, he's 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 more than good. He's, yeah, he's he real good. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm with you. Jeez, if you like superhero stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then of course at the end, like that might be the scariest thing technically is the Joker knows who everyone is yes, and wants to talk to them. Yeah. No, you don't know. You stay there. Joker. Don't go, don't, don't go mess with Rick. (laughs) Rick. Rick. Yeah. That's a hell of an ending, isn't it? Yeah. That was a hell of an ending. Mm -hmm. That was fantastic. Love that ending. Yes. Like, Oh, I mean, that's, that, that's a mic drop ending right there. Like, Mm -hmm. damn. Not only do you find, you find he's been teasing now. We're in the fourth issue of Tinian's run, mm-hmm. and he makes you to the wait to the very last page of the fourth issue to finally see the Joker. Yep, we've all been waiting for this moment. <laughs> we've been waiting for this moment. We finally see the Joker. Yeah, and then he's like, "Nah, let's, I'm not just gonna make you happy by finally showing you the Joker. I'm gonna up it. Yep, by showing you the corkboard that he's figured out everyone's secret identities. Mm-hmm. Wow, just 
Whoa, that's an amazing ending. Yes, it is. I'm with you, Stephen. I love it. It's what's not to love. It's well. It's well paced. Mm-hmm. It's well plotted. Oh, yeah. It's it's the scene transitions are perfect. Yep. It's a it's the excellent blend of action mm-hmm. and drama Definitely. and dialogue heavy scenes and mystery and intrigue. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, got awesome. That. It's got awesome character work. Excellent dialogue. It, it, it checks amazing every botch. art. Amazing artwork. It's a gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous issue. Yeah. It has, Stephen, it has everything. Yeah. It has everything. Yeah, it's 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 one of those rare comics. It mm-hmm. has everything you could ever want. Yes, sir. I can't I I can't think of anybody I would say, yeah, don't read this nope. unless you just don't like Batman. Right. When, no. Who are you? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh Batman 89, how do you grade it? Um, I'll give the, um, I'll give it straight nines again. I just, I can't, I can't not recommend it highly enough. It's so, 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 so good. I'm with you, man. I'm going to give, uh, I'll give the writing nine nickels out of 10. The art, cause it's Gillian March. He gets 10 nickels out of 10 as always. (laughs) It's 10 ladies of the night out of 10. Yes. 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 (laughs) 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 Steven. Uh, Not a bad week, huh? Two good hit, uh, two good hits from DC. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, One miss. All right. (laughs) And uh, from uh, Marvel, eh, a little dicier, a little dicier. I think Wolverine, though, has potential, Stephen. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm holding, it does. That. I'm holding that. I think Benjamin Percy is going to deliver the goods in the end. I think as we progress, it will become a really yeah. good read. I, I think do so, think too. That. I mean, do X-Force think is great after yeah. the first kind of, okay, whatever. But X-Force has been really good. Yes, You're right. It has. It's been a great. It's been a great comic to read. So mm-hmm. I got hope about Wolverine. Yeah, I do, too. Yep. All right, my friend. That's that for this week. Hopefully, next time we get together... We will know who has replaced Dan Didio. Yeah. Maybe we'll know, my friend. We'll find out. I figure I figure they won't leave that spot vacant for long. Yeah, I don't think so either. I God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Until next time, viva la revolution. <laughs>